Well, hey there. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. This is Kim Constable. Nobody cares. Work harder. What have I got for you this week? Oh, I have something really special and I think you're going to love it. Uh, Whenever I heard who my guest was this week, I got very excited because this is a subject that I am very passionate about, as you will hear during the interview. So my guest this week is the fabulous Sam Evans. So Sam is actually a former nurse. She has three kids and she has adapted her skills to help women going through everything from cancer to hysterectomies and hysterectomies and the menopause to reclaim their sexuality. Samantha has such an interesting story. Like she was a stay-at-home mom when she and her husband, Paul, started a sex toy business in 2007. Yes, you heard me correct, a sex toy business. They had been, they had actually been considering throwing Anne Summers-style parties, but none of their friends, understandably, sounded too interested. And instead, they put her husband's IT skills to good use, and they started a website called Joe Divine, which um, basically has customers that range from 18 to well into their 80s. Now, Samantha is such an incredible guest because she has so much experience with gynecological issues from thrush to cystitis to urinary tract infections, bacterial vaginosis. Um, She experienced these herself, which she actually now believes were caused by irritating ingredients in sexual lubricants such as glycerin, alcohol, dyes, parabens, even glitter. Why anyone would want a glittery vagina is beyond me, but apparently some people do. So um, they started their own business selling uh, lubricants and sex toys and they really are opening up a conversation Sam especially about you know women's health and about how women need to stop associating sex toys with the porn industry or something which is dirty or taboo or shouldn't be talked about and to really normalize vaginal health and sexual health and everything that comes with it and because during menopause so many women experience symptoms which are experience things which they're just not equipped to deal with because they've never dealt with it before because their mothers never talked to them about these things such as vaginal dryness or loss of libido or um, um, other more you know unpleasant things. I would suffer from urinary tract infections, from thrush, from hemorrhoids. All of these different things can happen whenever you are in early perimenopause, in perimenopause or in full menopause. And we are on a mission, Sam and now me, are on a mission to normalize these things and bring them to the world. And she and I have the most incredibly frank conversation about everything to do with your vagina and sex toys and lube and menopause and everything in between. And I know that you are just going to fucking love her as much as I did. So before we get into the episode, I do want to tell you that if you want to be in with the chance of winning a sculpted vegan program, including the 18-month Sculpt and Shred, then all you have to do is leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Send me a screenshot of the review. If you don't do this, you will not be in with a chance of winning. And we will pick at random, well actually we don't pick at random, we go through all of the entries and we choose the best one that is the best written that has the most witty or funny or poignant you know, story in it and we choose um, a new winner every single month. And if you want to be in with a chance every single month of winning, then all you have to do is leave a review every single month. And we have had people who've left like six or seven reviews and then they've finally won in month eight because, you know, we notice you whenever you leave lots of reviews because we read every single one. So that's just a little bit of housekeeping for you. Um, I am not going to talk to you again at the end because Sam and I just say goodbye and I tell you where you can find out everything about Sam. So 
So um, if you want to find out everything she talks about in this episode, just go to the show notes underneath wherever you're listening to this or on the website sculptedvegan.com forward slash podcast. Look for this episode and you will be able to um, link, you'll be able to find everything that Sam talks about. One other thing actually is Sam is offering all of my listeners who are in the UK only, unfortunately, sorry to everybody else in the rest of the world. But if you're in the UK, Sam is offering a 10% discount on everything that is available to purchase on her website. Um, her website is Joe Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, joedivine.com. And again, it's linked in the show notes. You can get 10% off everything she talks about on her website. So, And she also has incredible articles, hundreds and hundreds of articles that you can go and read, which will help you with your sexual health in menopause. And even if you're not in menopause, you definitely should listen to this episode because we don't just talk about menopause we talk about everything else in between and it really was a very candid and very fun conversation so thank you so much joe for coming on so or sorry sam joe i'm talking with joe divine thank you sam for coming on so i'm gonna let you listen to the episode won't talk to you again at the end but i will speak to you next week for another episode of the kim constable podcast thank you so much for listening and i'm gonna let you go and listen to sam Sam Evans. Do you like to go by Sam or Samantha? Sam. Sam, so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you for asking me. I have to tell you a funny story. So I was actually just driving back um, literally like less than an hour ago. Um, I train on a Tuesday and Thursday with my horses. So I have four horses and I train with them down in my trainer's yard and I was driving back in the lorry. Uh, and my groom was with me in the front seat. And I said to her, I said, oh, I need to get back. I have a podcast interview at five. And she said, who are you interviewing? And I said, oh, I said, it's a, you know, I said, it's a, it's a great woman. I said, but actually, do you know what? I said, I haven't read through the, all of the information that Susie collated for me. I said, but I know she's like, you know, an expert in menopause and in women's, you know, personal health and this kind of stuff. So I said, so could you like read something? So I said, could you read through the document for me while I'm driving? Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, sure. No problem at all. And so my 12 year old daughter sitting in the middle and uh, we're very open in our house. And so Susie's on the, not Susie, sorry. Um, Natasha's on the other side. So she opens the document and she starts, and she's like, and so she starts reading, um, you know, former Samantha and two sons, she's reading it to me. And then she starts, she's like, Samantha was a stay at home mom when she and Paul started the sex toy business in 2007. <laughs> and she keeps reading and reading. And she, then she starts shaking. She was like, are you interviewing this woman? She sounds so much fun. And she was like, see if she can send us free samples. <laughs> so I was like, I'm so looking forward to this because I knew what you did, but it was just whenever we started reading through all of the information, like it was just phenomenal. I thought we are going to have so much fun on this interview because anyone who has a sex toy business is right up my alley, I have to tell you. <laughs> so what I would love to do to start is, could you just tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, anything that, you know, that we might find interesting about you? Okay. So um, I'm married to Paul and we run the business together. My background's nursing um, and his background is banking and IT. So <laughs> he's the brains behind the business. I'm just sort of the front of house and do all the writing. Um, yeah, I never run a sex toy company before. <laughs> we have three children. So we have a daughter um, who's 22 and our son is 20 and our youngest will be 18 actually in a few weeks. Um, our youngest son. Um, yeah. And so we decided after a few drinks in a pub in Suffolk, um, to set how all the best decisions are made, by the way. That's how all the best decisions are made. <laughs> um, and actually, Paul carried on his job in you know um, IT for about a year 
and um, while we were running the company um, and I would wrap the presents the presents the sex toys every Sunday night in brown paper while watching Lark Rise to Candleford <laughs> a Sunday night program it was hilarious with this great big roll of brown paper and then pack the map as the orders came in and take them wheel them into Tunbridge Wells where we live is a town in Kent um, in the trolley of love um, oh. people would say I've seen you in Paul with your orange trolley we'd go yeah it's the trolley of love oh so basically God. it would be full of little of sex toys um, and we started out because we were exploring the industry we'd never really had toys we'd had a couple of toys of our own um, and they had one had sort of broken after the second attempt and the, the other one was making jelly so mm. it had given me thrush because I'll explain why you shouldn't be using jelly toys so then we decided to set up Joe Divine, investigated what was out there. There were some luxury brands like Yes, uh, like Lalo and Fun Factory. And we found Yes Organic Lubricants um, because we had an idea that really need to be looking at the ingredients. And it, it kind of went from there. <laughs> so, um, that is and it's such strange. a good story. So, you know, I've written, I realised our customers were buying sex toys to help them overcome sexual health issues menopause cancer you know hysterectomy post childbirth or just wanted to buy sex toys for the first time and so I started writing all the articles on the website so there are hundreds of practical sexual health and pleasure articles on the website from cancer to kink you know we have a Joe Divine secret diary because your sexual health and sexual pleasure go hand in hand and when one's out of kilter the other one's out of kilter you cannot separate them um, and this is really, really important. And also we're passionate about skin safe products and irritant free sexual lubricants and vagina moisturisers. Probably one of the few sex toy companies who is. Um, mm -hmm. And we've never that well, that makes us unique. And also the blog that we have. And also most sex toy companies don't have a SAM, <laughs> so, yes. um, which makes a difference. So, yeah, in a nutshell, we do a lot of work within the NHS, working with healthcare professionals, with cancer charities. You know, my day can go from helping an 80-year-old lady choose her first sex toy, you know, ask me for advice on the phone, to a 32-year-old who's gone through breast cancer. You know, so we can be asked so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, but the most important thing is that, you know, sex is meant to be noisy, messy, embarrassing, you know, consensual, pleasurable, and most of all, fun. And I think we often lose sight of that. And certainly when people have a sexual health issue be that vaginal dryness or you know they've been through surgery or cancer treatment or they have a health issue or they've been through trauma you know it's helping people regain their sexual function to reclaim their sex lives and that's what it's all about here there are so many questions that I, there's so <laughs> many routes I could go down here and I uh, so let me okay there's so many so right, well, let me give you my take on it I guess first and this is why I was so excited to to have this um to have this interview with you. So I grew up in a family where sex was discussed openly, freely, very like my, you know, my grandparents, you know, I remember my grandfather saying to me whenever I was about uh, 15, I think, and I was saying to him, telling him about my new boyfriend. And he said to me, well, love, I hope you're keeping a tight grip of your knickers. And that was like the kind of conversations that would happen between my grandparents and my, you know, my mom um, and my dad's family as well were very open. And, and so like we used to discuss blowjobs at the dinner table and whenever we got older, obviously, you know, and my sisters and I, and, and, um, and so it was acceptable to talk about blowjobs at the dinner table. But so we, so sex in my family has always been very openly discussed, not something that's taboo. We've always been very chilled. I'm very open with my children. Um, and so it hasn't been an issue 
but I have recognized through starting to run the menopause programs and we have a menopause matters Facebook group. It's only $97 a year to join, but we bring in menopause experts and we, we discuss everything openly about menopause. And I think that, you know, my mom's generation, my mom's in her late sixties. I'm in my early forties, early to mid forties, 43. Uh, and my mom's in her late sixties. And she says like during menopause um, and even just sex, you know, like she's discussed sex very openly with us, but it certainly wasn't something that was discussed around the dinner table. And so I think that definitely the narrative is changing, but certainly our generation, you know, it's, there's still sex is still something that is like, you know, you don't really discuss and it happens in the dark with the, you know, with the door closed and, you know, and, and I think that, you know, so I guess my question to you is like, you're very normal mom of three, you know, like watching Coronation Street and wrapping up your sex toys for delivery. Like how do you find that the narrative is changing around women's view on sex and sex toys and their sexual health and taking charge of their own sexuality over the years? Is that something that you've seen? It, it has changed. I would say that um, the demographic who are the toughest nuts to crack are the sort of 40 to 50 year olds. Right. And they're the ones who really need to be focusing on their intimate health and their sexual pleasure and looking at the products they're actually using because that's the time that perimenopausal time and things start to change. They might start having a bit of vaginal dryness. They might have had a bout of thrush or a UTI or cystitis. Or all so three. Yeah, all three. I mean, I'm somebody who suffered from that was my past history, but me too. They, it's really, sometimes I find them quite difficult. And also healthcare professionals, not part of training, never part of my training. I knew nothing about menopause. I knew about night sweats and hot flushes because my mum had gone through menopause. But I don't have any of those symptoms. But I had itchy skin. Thought I was allergic to gin, but thank God it was just menopause. Um, you know, achy joints, thought I had arthritis, you know, the brain fog, palpitations, you know, sort of was when I was exercising, you think, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. No, it's actually menopause. And, you know, for me, those symptoms really caught me off guard. Right. Um, whereas I already had a knowledge about the intimate health things because I'd had intimate health problems in my 20s and 30s, which led me has led me to be so passionate about vagina and vulval health and basically constantly telling people just think about what you're using because it's really important but of course I think it's getting people to talk about they're so embarrassed you've got to remember a lot of people haven't used sex toys before and they still think about the rampant rabbit well the world's moved on from that thank god right. 20 years ago and sex toys look beautiful beautifully designed they don't even look like sex toys are made from skin safe materials the vast majority of them um and, you know, and they're widely available. They're available in the high street. They're on beauty websites. They're recommended by celebrities. And, you know, so they are available and actually saying to people, you know, these can really um, enhance your intimate health and your sex play, whether you're with a partner or not. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you know, it, I have noticed change and it is getting better. But it's still people come on the phone and they go, I'm really embarrassed. I'm going, yes, but you're fine because a thousand other people have been embarrassed before you. And, and by the end of it, they're having a bit of a giggle. They said, oh, it was so great. Thank you so much. You made me feel so comfortable. And, you know, they were absolutely petrified about buying a tube of blue or buying their sex toy. So, um, and, and actually you you realise when you have this conversation, I've had friends shut me down because I they don't want people to know what I do for a living. Um, and that's particularly hard sort of with friends, you know, friendships, which have always been quite difficult since we started the business. Because I think people think you're going to ask them about their own sex life. And quite frankly, unless you've got a problem or if you want some help, I'm not bothered. I'm not, I'm not interested. Are you going to try and sell them a vibrator? You're yeah, like, exactly. hmm, let me you know, my not. collection and see and which I, one yeah. will fit. 
And actually, I've been with people where somebody finds out what you do and they sidle over and they're desperate for some information. Then somebody will come over and, and sort of make a joke or actually, or actually make it very salacious. And, and that makes it even more embarrassing. And it's like, no, I talk about this in a fun and informative way and in a professional way. Um, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But you're actually making it embarrassing because you're using inappropriate terms like you just mentioned um, or just because they're so embarrassed that the issue is with them so often some of these people they think oh they really probably do want some help but they're too embarrassed to ask it so I have changed I mean I have noticed I mean our oldest customers that we know about were a couple who were 95 enjoying a second honeymoon uh, one lady um, discovered our products in lockdown she's 93 <laughs> so Wonderful. you know we've got a, a lot of older customers as well which is amazing and the conversations you have with those people as well you know they sort of usually say talk about upbringing and you might have been in a, a not great relationship or marriage or might have had a lovely marriage and their partners died and they're missing them they're experiencing sexual bereavement they're buying a sex toy buying a sex toy for the first time you know somebody people message us or emailing I had my first orgasm that's great you had your first orgasm at 60 but shame you had to wait that long but wow. you know it's lovely to hear that but <laughs> my view is I want to educate everybody and I think we also assume younger women know all about this stuff now my daughter's a young sex education activist she's 22 and she will tell you that they don't they don't know anything about internet health products they're probably the ones using all the washes and things that are available on the high street and you know they don't actually understand this stuff sometimes and they don't understand about sex toy materials and a lot of them maybe aren't using a sex toy um so you know it it is it has changed i mean for me it's trying to get healthcare professionals to recommend our toys i mean products are recommended in the nhs we have a little brochure we created with our local hospital and that gets given out by lots of healthcare professionals some even have the toys and they get them out in clinic and you know and opens up a yeah and opens up a conversation and it actually makes those patients feel like oh well you know they're talking about sex so that's fine because so many people you know certainly when they've been through cancer treatment or menopause if the doctor doesn't bring it up they feel like they can't bring it up mm-hmm. or the doctor will go oh vagina vagina it's like yes whereas if it was an itchy flaky scalp you would say oh here try this shampoo but because it's my vagina it's like I can't talk about it in public but you know it's it's funny how like I I am definitely on a mission um like you to normalize menopause and we are launching a menopause program it's called the menopause shred but it's only to help women shift belly fat and I'm very very big into educating women on why their body stores estrogen why they want it wants to divert more fat to fat cells because fat cells are actually a secondary source of estrogen for the body so whenever you um so that's why your body wants to store more fat cells. So I'm very, very into that. But I guess what I would love to to talk a little bit more to you about specifically is, you know, what are some of the problems that you see that women have in menopause? And how can you or what advice could you give to help alleviate them or to help, you know, to, to help them overcome vaginal dryness for one, I'm yeah. sure is a is a is a problem. Well vaginal dryness it is, I mean basically it's it is you know a real problem and it can happen at any time. Obviously Vaginal dryness can happen at any age because our lubrication, our natural lubrication is impacted upon by, you know, anxiety, stress, breastfeeding, um, you know, cancer treatments, sexual side effects to medication. I mean, you know, antihistamines, people don't realise they dry up mucosal secretions. Obviously, it's going to impact upon your, your vaginal lubrication. I never thought about you know. that, actually. Yeah, so receive in season, I often say to people, and I occasionally take a very strong antihistamine if my skin does get itchy, but it's much better now. Um, and also antidepressants, um, you know, and obviously there are quite a lot of 
of, of medications out there that can impact the, the oral contraceptive pill. I know when I used to take it, it definitely impacted on my vagina, you know, the impact of my vagina. So, and what the first thing they do is they go to the high street or the chemist and they'll grab a bottle or tube of lube off the shelf. And it's like, oh, well, that was one that's advertised on telly. Oh, that one's a really well-known one. I'll use that. And then they'll use it. And actually, a lot of people do struggle to use sexual lube because they don't know how to use it. I've even written an article on how to use your sexual lubricant because, you know, it might be self-explanatory to me, but a lot of people have no idea. Pop it on. Oh, it starts to sting. It starts to itch. Oh, the next day they're itching and they've got about a thrush and they have no idea. Or their partner, you know, if they've got a male partner, they might have penile irritation. And actually, it's to do with ingredients. So that's the most important thing I say to people, that you need this intimate regime, you know, Local estrogen can really help. That's transformed my intimate health. I use my local estrogen three times a week. But I also use vaginal moisturiser twice a week. Like you might moisturise your face and your body. You should be moisturising your Tell vagina. Tell us more. Okay, I'm totally down for okay. some vaginal moisturiser. Moisturiser. <laughs> so I'm not talking about your body moisturiser. I'm not talking about any old thing out of your bathroom cupboard or your kitchen cupboard or your hand cream or your body lotion. It has to be something that has been formulated to be used intimately. No, we only sell um, Yes Organic Lubricants and Sutil Lux. They are both organic and they're made from organic and botanical ingredients. They don't contain the irritating ingredients that I'll mention that you should be avoiding. Um, they're also vegan friendly, apart from the oil-based lube, which has got beeswax in it. Um, so that's really good. Um, and they are so good for your intimate health. So basically, you should be moisturising your vagina a couple of times a week you can use it internally you can use a we've got some lube tubes and you can fill it up and pop it in there or you can have little applicators like this and you just squeeze that up inside and then it's left over I sort of massage it onto my vulva um but this is really important you know people go what are you talking about well your <laughs> vagina and vulva ages like the rest of your body of course yes so, you know but don't put any old thing inside your your vagina it's the same with your sexual lubricants again we've got the water-based the, the yes lubricants and suteal which is a water-based lube but it's fantastic it's a water-based lube it's long lasting and can be used as a vagina moisturizer you know you need to think about the ingredients if you care about what you eat and you put on your skin you need to think about what you're putting in one of the most sensitive parts of your body you know mm -hmm. your vulva and your vagina your anus um, and people with a penis as well um and the ingredients that you really should be avoiding are glycerin glycols parabens dyes glitter 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 <laughs> glitter yeah. really glitter perfume. yeah perfume and alcohol so glycerin is a really common ingredient in lubricants it's cheap and it is it it creates a sugary environment inside the vagina, and that actually can promote the growth Brush. of thrush. Right. So, and also it causes irritation. Propylene glycol glycols, you know, again they are irritants. Um, that's actually often the ingredients that will cause a stinging when you first put a lubricant on, be that you know a vulva, a vagina, or a penis, or anus. Um, you'll find propylene glycol in antifreeze. <laughs> so, Wow. Why we're putting it inside our vaginas. Then we have parabens. They are um, well-known preservatives, but they're also weak hormone disruptors and also irritants. So we should be avoiding them. And a lot of brands now are removing the glycerin, the parabens, but they've still got the glycols and they've still got alcohol in their products. Then you've got dyes because some are pink because you always need to you know, have a pink vulva and <laughs> some, are, some are perfumed. And, you know, so you always need to smell like oh, roses. Yeah. And then obviously alcohol. Obviously, you know, if you put anything that's got alcohol in it on your skin, Stings, it makes your skin yeah. dry. dries you up. So imagine if you do that with your vagina. Um, and then glitter. 
the glitter. I'm horrified. need a glittering yeah. disco ball, but don't we? <laughs> I'm horrified um, yeah, by I the mean, glitter. It, I truly am. It's like, make me sparkle. No. I know, exactly. So, you know, you need to become an ingredients detective. You know, they're, they're pretty much every product on the shelves in the high street contains at least one of these irritating ingredients. So I have to tell people, you know, please check the ingredients because it's really important. You're actually doing more harm than good. I mean, a lot of these products are ineffective. A lot of water-based fibrins also exacerbate vaginal dryness. They draw out the moisture from the walls of the vagina and exacerbate it. Very well-known lubricants do that and also ones that they use in the NHS, but also really common water-based lubricants. And I said about the glycerin, that was my problem. When Paul and I first met, we were using lubricants from that in um, my early 20s. Um, and I kept getting recurrent infections, the thrush, bacterial vaginosis, the fishy smelling discharge, uh, urinary tract infections, cystitis, often after sex, which then led to me developing vaginismus to so the pelvic floor muscles, they involuntarily tightened when we were having sex. And it was almost like a way, I think, of me protecting myself because I'd be thinking, I'm never going to be up all night with cystitis or I'm going to mm-hmm. be itching tomorrow on the ward with thrush. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave me any help apart from iron the gusset of your knickers to kill the thrush bugs, which is quite useful. But, um, <laughs> iron, really... Hang on, I have to say it for our Americans again. Yeah. Iron the gusset iron. of your knickers yeah. actually means like iron the flat bit of your, they call them underpants. Yeah, <laughs> so underpants whenever the I talk about knickers, bit. they're yeah, like, the what are knickers? Bit. Like they don't understand what knickers or no, pants no. are. Um, that was my gynecologist. Oh. It's no longer my gynecologist. <laughs> um, and, and nobody asked me about my sex life. They didn't even ask me what was I washing myself with them. This was before we had all these intimate washes and you know intimate hygiene products. Um, and nobody asked me about my sex life. And it wasn't until we set up Joji Vine and started using the yes lubricants ourselves, I realised that the symptoms have started to disappear. So that's why I'm absolutely obsessed about vaginas. You know, I'm known as the lube queen. I'm known as the, the queen of vaginas. <laughs> and it's like, because I never shut up about them. Because these products actually will, you know, do more harm than good. They'll exacerbate your symptoms or they even mask symptoms genital skin conditions that you need to see your gp about that you need something maybe like topical steroids to treat it and obviously often people with this vaginal dryness they think they've got thrush i think it's like that laura's talking has spoken mm-hmm. about and it's like that's really common people think they've got thrush so now they can easily buy treatment over the counter and they're constantly self-treating and it's not actually going away and they don't actually have thrush so that's the vaginal dryness and the vaginal, you know, vaginal lubricants, the, the vaginal um, moisturisers and only wash with water. I can't tell you how many times I've said that to people. Mm-hmm. No one needs an intimate wash. You know, these products, the intimate hygiene industry was created for a problem that never existed. Our smelly vaginas. Mm-hmm. You know, they're meant to have a certain smell. Obviously, if it's a fishy smell, then that could be that you've got bacterial vaginosis. But these products are actually destroying our friendly bacteria that protect our vaginas and keep them happy and healthy, keeps them lubricated, keeps it flexible. So you can carry on enjoying pleasurable sex and you're not going to get infections. So the intimate hygiene industry, I'm constantly talk about it, but bubble baths and bath bombs, I call those thrush bombs because mm. they're just awful. Um, but we've got perfume menstrual products. So you can have to go around smelling the packets of your sanitary pants yeah. or, um, and scented condoms. Why? Yeah. Created by a female-led brand. Often these products are actually created by women. I'm going, why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they've never suffered from any of the problems that you have. And so they really, and they're just out to, to make money. And it is really common thrush is like something in the top three search terms on the internet it's mm-hmm. that common so it's easy to get in that cycle of actually using your lube or your wash or whatever you're using 
then you get thrush, then you treat yourself with thrush, then it goes away and then you go back to using your loop. And it's a vicious cycle, which it was for me. Mm-hmm. So I often find these ones, oh, yeah, I've stopped using that wash now. Actually, I, you know, I've put that lube in the bin. Well, actually, what that moisturiser the doctor prescribed, I've put it in the bin because, you know, you told me it didn't have very good ingredients that it was causing irritation. I always like to go to the deeper emotional issues and things when I do a lot on this podcast. And, you know, I think as I hear you talk about, you know, all this, you know, the scented condoms and the perfumes and the, and I know people who use these things who have like sprays and talcum powders and and all of these different things and they're completely coating themselves and I do believe that a lot of it comes from the the belief you know I hear some mothers talking to their children my, talking to their children my, my kids are slightly older now either I have four and they're 10 12 14 and 16 but whenever they were you know little I remember being around a lot of you know moms who had younger kids and you know and the amount of times because we were punished as it we were punished for it as children. I would have heard, you know, say a, a child would have, you know, soiled himself or he would have pooed himself or whatever. And it would have been like, mm-hmm. you know, being punished for being dirty. That's mm-hmm. dirty. That's smelly. That's yeah. bad. Even whenever your child, you know, like I, you know, whenever your child will, will fart, you know, and people are like, Ooh, smelly, smelly. Ooh. Yeah. And they make such an issue of, I'm like, farting is such a normal thing for a child to do. Like in my family, my husband thinks farting is hilarious. So he's trained all our children to come in, drop one and leave because <laughs> yeah, right. it's funny. So, or play Dutch ovens. So in our house, everyone thinks farting is the funny thing ever and but I hear you know I think that the problem is a lot of this stems from us inadvertently we have this it seems like as human beings we have this core belief that in somehow sex is dirty you know because you know obviously you know poo or poop as they call it in America doesn't always smell good you know it's it's bad so there's something dirty about it bad about it smelly about it that you know sex is bad it should be done you know in the dark you know um, and you know, and, and not talked about, and certainly don't ever let your children. Like when well, my husband and I want to have sex, we we go to our bedroom and we lock the door, and the children come in and they they knock on the door, and this could be seven p.m. and they go they they try the door, they realize it's not, they knock on it, and we go yes, and they say. You know, they ask a question. We say, yeah, we're just busy. We'll be out later. And they know exactly what we're doing. We don't try and hide it, you know, and and because we're like, sex is very normal. We love each other. It's something that, you know, parents, it's, we want to normalize it for our children. But I know friends of mine are like, oh my God, I would never want my children to know I was having sex. And I'm like, why? Why not? Like it shows that you've got a healthy, loving you know, relationship and you're not then confined to in the dark, in the quiet at night when everyone's asleep, you can have fun with it. You can have the sex toys. You can, you can normalize it if you like. And I also want to talk to you a wee bit about, um, I'm getting far too excited talking about this. This is just a bit of my alleyway. <laughs> so um, I also want to talk to you a bit about, though, I love that you sell sex toys. There's two things I want to say. The first one is I know that many people have like this stigma that, oh, the sex industry is, you know, it's like sex toys is like it's it's on, on line with pornography. You know, it's yes. like exploitation, it's pornography and all this kind of stuff. So they definitely have that and in their minds. But also... Um, the other thing I am so passionate about for women is I'm like, your orgasm is your responsibility. It is not your husband's, you know, there's so much pressure on men to give women an orgasm. Like if I don't have an orgasm and I think sex with my husband, I go, he goes, do you want your magic wand? And I'm like, yeah, pass it out there. I'm sometimes yeah, like, do okay. I, do I not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pass it over, you know, and I'll lie there and give myself an orgasm yeah. while he goes about his business, you know, it's hilarious. And he's going to totally be like, I can't believe you're talking about this on your podcast, but he knows I talk about everything in the podcast. And so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on normalizing women taking responsibility for their own sexual health and their orgasm? Is I've talked about having an intimate regime. You actually got to know your body. You know, a lot of women have never even looked at their vulva. 
They have right. no idea what is normal. And then they're panicking and they're going, well, I don't know if that's all. Or they won't go to their GP to be checked as well, which is really, really important. And actually, if you don't actually know what works for you, how's a partner going to know that? Yeah. You know, I had one lady say, she found it, she says, have you got a completely silent vibrator that I can use in bed when my husband's asleep? As a, oh. as a and I said to her, well, they're not all silent, but I said, would it not be better to have a conversation with him? Oh, no, right. no, I couldn't do that. But a lot of women do buy their sex toys and they'll go off and use them in another room or only use them when their partners are around or only use them in the bath. And there is still this myth that sex toys are looked down upon, you know, men won't like it. Well, unless you're whipping out a six-inch dildo, <laughs> they're probably not going to really be bothered if you're just bringing out, you know, a simple little... In fact, I think they're like probably that. going to quite like it. Is the... And there always is... I mean, don't get me wrong. There are going to be men out there who don't want to use lubricant, and we do hear that, and I think, well, that's incredibly selfish. Yes, I've um, heard that too. I just, I, you know, and I, I think maybe the reasons is, obviously, there's still this macho thing of, well, as soon as you're touched, you're supposed to be instantly wet, and we know that's not the reason. I can be as aroused and anything, but... Still going to put on my suit here before we start playing. Yeah, you know? Can and I then, tell you? Can I tell you? I had a boyfriend like that years ago. So years and years ago, whenever I was in my early twenties, I had a boyfriend like that, and he would have. I used to have to like spit in my hand whenever he wasn't looking. Like oh, no. spit in my hand because he used to get really offended, and I'm like, what? The? Now I would been like, seriously, like I'm 43. But whenever you're in your early twenties, you kind of you're like, oh, why is he getting angry? He used to get like so angry because I, I don't know why. Like it made him feel insecure or something that he couldn't. But it's again, I think maybe it goes back to pornography and perpetuating this myth that they're always wet. But we know the tricks of the way, we know some porn actors and we know exactly what they all do. But a lot of people don't know. And also with my kids, they know that that is acted sex and not real sex. And I do think this and also there's women out there, you know, sort of be really shocked if a partner whipped out a tube of lube. And that, we get that sometimes when I say, oh, you know, they're buying a toy and I go, oh, we recommend, you know, using a sexual lube. Don't need that. Why do you think I need that? It's almost like you're accused. <laughs> right. We just recommend it because we know that it can just enhance sex play. Now, quite frankly, I can feel really wet, but still use the lube. I never have sex without it. You know, and I saw to the day, she says, no, she says, even when I'm ovulating, and I know I'm really wet. I still use the lube because it just makes sex feel even better. Right. And I think it's dispelling that myth and actually saying to these women, would you masturbate? The number of women I talk to who don't masturbate because is it? Do you think they do and they don't admit it? Or do you think they genuinely don't? Some people don't even know how to masturbate. You know, I've had people sort of, when you're talking to them, they don't know what the clitoris is and they don't understand it. And somebody who didn't even know where to put their vibration, she was quite young. You know, I can, I can excuse some of my older customers, but um, the young ones really would like people to explore their bodies and, and try different, ways to touch themselves because then you can say to a partner well actually, I really like being touched like this rather than them going in all guns blazing and also you know a partner might be with you and what worked for their previous partner won't work for you mm-hmm. and also we're talking about menopause and you know, if you're in a long-term relationship things change it's changed for me I remember in mid mid 40s definitely real dip in libido I wasn't engaged wasn't even in the room really I was thinking about packed lunches or right. did I turn off the tumble dry you know and Paul's going are you? <laughs> it was like, and I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, felt a bit overweight. So just two decided to, you know, we'd try and work size together and we'd lose weight. And then I gained a bit more body confidence back. But also I thought, oh God, I actually really like sex. And I discovered my G spot actually at that time with one of our toys. And obviously I now know where it is, way back yonder. Can we, can we link <laughs> can we link to it in the show notes? <laughs> um, I'm not even kidding, by the way. <laughs> But mine's way back yonder, so which is why I never discovered it. And now I know where it is, which is absolutely fantastic. But also trying different things as well. I hear women say, oh, I'd never be on top. I go, no, that's my favourite position. <laughs> I love being on top. It's like, you know, 
And I think it's the whole hang up about people's bodies. Obviously, what you're doing, you know, encouraging people to be healthy and to be the best they can be and feel good about themselves. And I just think it's really sad that, you know, people put on a bit of weight and then they just don't want to actually have sex. And that impacts on their libido and you know the way they feel about themselves. And and also, let's face it, you know, other partners let themselves go too. So mm, it's yeah, like, it's true. you know, um, and we and another thing that I know we were talking about female pleasure, I always say to people, you know, my regime is have an intimate regime using really good products, only wash with water, get yourself a simple sex toy and have regular orgasms because that's going to boost your intimate health, your vagina health. It's going to promote the lubrications. They feel great. They're free. You're not going to get pregnant. You know, it's like right. you're not going to get an STI. They'll help you sleep. You know, they'll reduce your stress. If you're still having periods, they'll reduce your period pain. You know, they're just brilliant. You know, they're just everything about having an orgasm just makes you feel so relaxed. But I was just talking about partners. We often have women come to us buying a sex toy because their partner has erectile problems in midlife. And it's a never a conversation we ever hear or see about reading the press. No. And yet it is really quite common. Um, and often we will say to these women, well, you know, because so you've been to see the GP, because this is really important if he's got erectile problems, that there could be an underlying serious health issue like heart disease or diabetes or prostate health issues. Generally, it's often stress or a poor lifestyle, you know, that not yeah, actually alcohol and eating, yeah, yeah, smoking, not, not exercising, not eating very healthily. You know, so again, that's a conversation that we have with a lot of people too. So I, I I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be curious about their body. I know I trained as a nurse. Obviously, I've done, I studied anatomy mm. and physiology, but I've always been curious about my body. I masturbated probably from a very young age as a young girl, mm -hmm, not knowing what it was. But I've always been curious. Why would you not? I've looked at myself. I've examined myself intimately. It's like I've looked at every bit of me. It's like, right. this is your body. Why would you not be curious about yeah, it? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, I think whenever you were talking about, you know, erectile dysfunction and, and you know, even the vaginal dryness and different things that we're, we're discussing, I think that part of the problem is that we... We, th we take it for granted. We think that, you know, that because sex is something that happens pretty easily whenever you're younger and pretty quickly. And whenever you're, you know, a young male, you have millions of testosterone. And whenever you're a young, fertile female, you, you know, you want to do it all the time. Whenever you first meet your partner and... And then I think as you get older, I think, you know, it, it's like, and I love bringing this back to menopause. I've only just made this kind of connection now, but in, in menopause, you know, what I hear a lot with women is, you know, I've, I'm doing, I'm not doing anything differently. I'm doing exactly as I've always yes. done, but yet I just, I'm putting on belly fat and I'm putting on body fat and I just, and I, I'm not doing anything differently. Why is this happening to my body? I'm like, because your body is changing. And then I explained to them about how your body creates an insulin resistance to divert more calories into fat store to, because it's not ready to give up on estrogen yet because you're, you know, estrogen levels are dropping because you're not having menstrual cycles, which is also causing a progesterone estrogen imbalance, you know, whenever you're not ovulating. And, and so they, they're like, oh, wow, they're really curious. And I'm like, so here's the thing. Why would you not go? Why would you not be committed to knowing your body better and knowing that things are going to change. You know, sexual health is not something that you're, you're not going to be rampant forever, rampant and wet and lubed up. You know, it's like you're, you know, if you want to continue to have good sex, you may have to start just making some changes and accepting that your body changes. Do you, would you say that's accurate? Oh, totally. And also, you know, we talk about vaginal dryness, vaginal tightness, and also decreased sexual sensation. So what used to work for you no longer works. Women often complain about the fact that it takes much longer to orgasm or the orgasm doesn't feel as strong. And that's completely, you know, very much to do with the estrogen levels. But also, 
for using a loo for the first time is something very new. And we love it when we hear you. We have one of those, we didn't get out of bed all weekend. It was like, yeah, damn. you know, my friend and also my friend husband said, I think we're going to need a ground sheet. Until <laughs> Lux is very, very good. A little goes a long way. And I've never tried a loo like it before in my life, but yeah. But, you know, and my friend said, oh, maybe you feel so young. It was like, but if you've of lube, can transform your intimate health and your sexual pleasure. Well, thinking about the way in which you enjoy sex, you know, if you even bought yourself a simple sex toy, like the little bullet I showed on your clitoris, on your nipples, up and down the shaft of the penis, you know, on a partner's clitoris, you know, there are so many ways you can actually use these products. But if you, you've got to talk to a partner because you're often, you know, often partners will think, well, do they don't want to have sex? And they'll say, well, because sex is painful. Right. Okay, but there's something we can do about this. And as soon as sex is painful or it just doesn't feel the same, then they're not even kissing and cuddling. They've lost that intimacy because I hear a lot of them say, well, as soon as I, we have a cuddle, he, he'll think, well, I want to have sex. I'm going, well, you can say something. I don't want to have sex, but I let's kiss and cuddle. Let's touch. Let's have a massage. You never know. It might go somewhere, but I actually don't want to have sex, you know, but also, you know, we it might lead to something the next time. Um, right. And it's sim- it's little steps but it's almost like but also don't get me wrong there are women out there who are happy to hit menopause and don't ever want to have sex ever again and that's perfectly fine I'm helping the people who you know for them sex has always been pretty good suddenly they get this vaginal dryness vaginal atrophy or tightness or decreased sexual sensation or they've lost their libido and they're really really sad there's almost like grieving for their sex life um, and I always sort of did a bit like that in my, in my 40s when I was in my perimenopause, you know, but now I found the things that work for me, then, you know, I know that I'm never not going to have sex without using Suteal Lux. You know, I know that I use my local uh, my local estrogen and my vagina moisturiser. I've got my toys. Obviously, I've got a lovely supply of toys, uh, which I can pick and choose from. But I have a favourite, you know, and as she was saying that sort of, you know, sort of, you know, I might not have an orgasm during sex. And so, you know, I sort of might grab a toy or sort of, you know, my husband said, okay, let's snuggle up. You know, and yes. it's, it's, it's actually because we actually communicate with each other now. And also when I had vaginismus, sex was painful. And I, I will admit I had painful sex. I didn't tell Paul. And he was really upset when he found out. Right. He said, you know, uh, and even now, sometimes he'll hesitate. I'll go, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> because, it, because it's in his psyche. It was like, I don't want to hurt her. And yes. also a lot of partners, you know, with a penis, they don't want to hurt you. So if you are tensing up or you're just not really in the room, then obviously they're not going to be interested too. But obviously, you know, men experience low libido and low testosterone and, you know, sort of midlife slump and things like that. So, um, you know, it's about trying different things. And then sort of on Sunday, I think oh, she's got, oh, totally into bondage now. <laughs> she never tried yeah. anything, but I love being tied up. She said, it was like, great. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. And it's trying Different and some people do actually have like a testosterone surge as such, they have this libido surge, you know. It's almost like they go through menopause and then because they discover what works for them, you know, they're really enjoying it. I and mean, we obviously advise a lot of people in new relationships and they might go to have sex and it's painful. So they're buying a sex toy with a lubricant because they want to have sex with their new partner. That's a big issue as well because we know that STIs and HIV is rising in the over 50s. And I think for the first time, they've actually seen that um, more people are being diagnosed with HIV who are heterosexual and certainly people who are sort of over, I think it was 65. Um, so I will say to people, you know, I say, women in a relationship, that's great. I said, are you using condoms? Oh, no, no, because I can't get pregnant. Yeah, but you can still get an STI. So right. again, that's another thing that we have to be educating people about in midlife as well. 
But we do have to remember in menopause, there's a lot of younger women going through menopause there for is, whatever yeah. reason. Um, you know, we have a lot of women with premature ovarian insufficiency, early menopause, they've gone through cancer treatments. So we need to be <coughs> talking to this group of women as well. I work with, you know, they're just amazing, these women. They've gone through all sorts of things, but you know, they still want to enjoy pleasurable sex. So, you know, we need to be making sure that we're talking to them. And a lot of those young they're not able to take hormone placement therapy or use local estrogen. So they are relying upon good lubricants and a good vagina moisturiser and sex toys. So, you know, this is really, really important that we talk to those people as well. So, uh, you know, because they could be in their 20s and 30s and, you know, they're going through menopause. Um, so Which is hard enough when you're in your 20s and 30s because it's kind of confusing. It's like, is my body let me down? Am I, you know, I think, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm all about encouraging women to, encouraging people in general to just accept the what is rather than fighting it with some kind of preconceived notion of it should be this way or it should be this way or why is this happening to me? I'm like, you know, under, some, sometimes understanding, like I'm a big one and I love to understand why things are happening, but sometimes you just have to accept that you don't know why they're happening, but they're happening and you can't do what you've always done and expect to get what you've always got. Sometimes you have to change. Sometimes you have to open up, branch out, have better conversations. And the more women start talking about things like this, like the better, I have a, a podcast interview called, and it teaches how to turn on your transverse abdominus muscles whenever you're, it's about alleviating back pain and squatting. And I have this technique that I used to teach when I taught yoga, which is about, um, I used to say to women, imagine, I want to turn on your TVA. I want you to imagine that you are sucking a smoothie through a straw using your vagina. And women were like, and I told this whole, this whole story in it about how, um, you know, after I had four children, I used to like put in like a super plus tampon when I went to yoga class, because, you know, they're in some positions, you put your air, you know, they sweep your leg into the air and open your hip. And the next thing, you know, there's a sharp intake of air and what goes in must come, come out. out. Yeah. And so I, there was one this time and I jumped to the top of the yoga mat. Um, anyone listening to this who's listened to it will, will know because honestly, people have actually said to me they have almost fallen off the treadmill, like snorting <laughs> and laughing and bent double listening to it because I jumped to the top of the yoga mat and let out this massive fanny fart. Yeah. Although in America, your fanny is actually your tushy uh, and uh, over, yeah. yes, like a vagina <laughs> fart basically. Oh, yeah. And I was just, so I just talked about it and I talked about how to turn it on. And But even whenever I do that, people are like, oh my God, she said vagina you know it's like and I'm like vagina 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 like let's just normalize saying it it's like finger you know it's like you're you know I just I really just I love that you're doing this because I just think that it's so important for women to to just get over the stigma that you know is kind of left over and generationally it is changing I think with the advent of only fans and porn available online like if you google vagina on you know if you put in the word vagina on google you will get loads of porn pornographic pictures as well as medical pictures mm. it is you know, that would never have happened years ago. It was all top shelf magazines and it was all, you know, taboo and not talked about. Slowly, the narrative is changing. But I definitely think that certainly for women of our age, women going through menopause, women who are experiencing changes in their bodies, I think we absolutely have to normalize taking back control of your sexual health, taking back control of your vagina. I am definitely going to start moisturizing, although I do use coconut oil. Is coconut oil any good? I'm a well, coconut oil is a bit like um, Marmite. So some people love it and some people hate it. The important thing about coconut oil, firstly, it can cause thrush because it can block the pores. But you need to make sure it's 100% pure, that it's organic, that it's in a tube, not a pot. So you're not contaminating it by dipping your fingers in the pot all the time. Good point. And also that it's been ethically farmed by monkeys on a chain. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some people love it. 
I mean, I mean, I wouldn't use it because I have a history. I know that I've, I've been prone to thrush in the past. Mm. And obviously I've, I've got a vagina moisturizer and lubes that work for me and they, they work really well. You're all lubed up. You're like, I have a selection. <laughs> um, but this is, if I can get across to people that, you know, you have to check the ingredients and don't believe the celebrity and don't believe that Instagram doctor who's promoting that wash no, uh, you no. know it's like and on that TV celebrity because you know and actually you often find that some of these people have never even used these products, um, you know, and it it's really really frustrating and you know they're well known brands that are widely available and I get so annoyed when I see. Does one begin with a K and end with a Y? <laughs> they are well known brands that are widely available. <laughs> um, you know, even on the high street, in you know, in we've got whole stands dedicated to menopause with your washes and your lubes and your you know and your pads at the bottom. Obviously, we always have to have our incontinence pads. Well, can we tell people about pelvic floor? You know, you know, um, physiotherapy because that's really really important. You know, you need to be looking after your pelvic floor and exercising it. Um, you know, and these things that are there and the products that nonsensical products are going, well, why on earth would you want to put that anywhere near your vagina? Yeah. You know, it's like, would you put it in like, your mouth? Well, that's why I say to people, I said, your mouth is one of the most highly absorbent parts of the body. And then your vagina, <laughs> I kind of get across to people and they all go, oh, yeah, but that lubricant, you know, it's not, yeah, because it's not a two quid tube of lube off the counter in the sex toy shop. No, it's actually a really nice tube of lube that actually has got really good ingredients in, the, in it. You're only going to have to use a small amount because it interacts with your own body's natural lubrication. Anyway, how much are you spending on that? Or how much is your pot of face moisturiser? Now, if you equate that, you say to people, if you're spending that on your face and your hair, then why, why are you not spending it on your intimate health? I don't understand it. It's always the last thing, you know, we hear terrible things, you know, Vaseline, you know, olive oil, baby oil, cooking oil, mm. you know, oh, good bio oil, hand cream, pseudocreme, you know, that you put on your baby's nappy. It's not even slippy. Oh. I think people think if it's slippy, then it's fine to use as lube. And it's like, no, it's not. These products were never designed for intimate use and they are going to destroy your friendly bacteria that you need. Right. You know, so and condoms, you know, latex condoms, anything that's oil based is going to destroy a latex condom. So, you know, it's really important that people don't just reach for the the nearest thing, you know, that's sort of on the bedside table. But yes, once you get people thought into it. But, you know, once you get people into this and they actually they start to say, oh, God, yeah, I do get irritation. Oh, yeah, I do get thrush. Yeah, I, I've started to get, oh, I've had the occasional UTI, you know, as I've hit perimenopause. You're going, well, it's to do with the whole genitourinary system, which is why you need, you know, local estrogen really helps because that benefits your bladder and your urethra, but your vulva and your vagina keeps all the tissues happy and healthy. But it's the same with the vaginal moisturiser and the lube. You know, because these ingredients get up inside the urethra and can cause irritation too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is why I constantly, as my kids said, oh, God, she's talking about vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you- <laughs> they are so lucky to have you as a mother, honestly, because I bet you they're just, you know, because it's like, you know, eating learning and sex are the three things that stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain, eating, learning, and sex. That's why podcasts, people love podcasts because they're, you know, they're stimulating and they're, as long as they're educational. And that's why people love sex because, you know, it's stimulating and it's the same as eating, you know, it's pleasurable to eat, you know, so sex is actually one of the things that stimulates the three pleasure centers of the brain. It's extremely important for human evolution. And I think that in order to, you know, we should be educating our children on, you know, on, we should be 
talking about sex in front of them. We should be talking about, you know, sexual health in front of them. We should be teaching our daughters about how to take care of their vagina and that it's a very normal part of your body and it is responsible. Listen, I, you know what? As a friend of mine said to me recently, she said, have you ever thought about the fact that we are brought up to believe that sex is bad, but, yeah. yet, but yet therefore, but we as human beings are product of sexual intercourse. So therefore we must intrinsically mm-hmm. in some way believe that we are bad. And I was like, well, I'm Irish and it's a very Catholic country. So like, you're just brought up to believe that you're bad. You know, well, I'm not actually Catholic. I'm Protestant, but in, you know, definitely in Catholicism, mm-hmm. it's like you are a sinner and you are, you know, guilty all the time of, of being a sinner and you have to kind of always repent and whatever. So we are brought up with this intrinsic belief that we are bad, but that was always very interesting to me whenever I, I thought about that, because it is, you know, it is one of the most normal things that is responsible for human procreation, but yet we have made it this bad and dirty and and taboo subject that should not be talked about. And I definitely think that women of our age and our generation need to be more open with this with these kinds of conversations. We need to be more open with our sexual health. And I absolutely applaud what you're doing. I think it's I think it's it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And you can come to a dinner party at my house anytime. <laughs> And bring your suitcase with you. Uh, like I would um, totally be. Well, that's another that. thing you say. You take the suitcase on the tube, and then the, the toys go up. And then we had some chappy actually put rested his bag on top of my suitcase, and I said, "Well, it's vibrating." Oh my god! The bag in a pub or something. But yeah, I've had toys go off or fall out of my pocket or something. You know, or sort of you know. But I often have lube and thing in my pocket, and I'm giving it out at various events. <laughs> and you know, would you like some drugs? Oh, would you like some lube? We were actually, I was at a dinner once. I had a tomb of, uh, we were out for a dinner for my birthday and we, there was a friend of mine who had a, shared a birthday and well, she was a, actually a, there were a fairly new couple, new friends as a couple to us. And we went out for like kind of a joint birthday dinner mm. with some other friends. And she, uh, Yvette had messaged me beforehand. She was like, Kim, I think I have hemorrhoids. She had just had a baby. Um, right. Isabel, I think was maybe, I think three months old. She was like, I think I have a hemorrhoid. I was like, yeah, you probably do. I was like, yeah. I will bring you some cream. <laughs> And she was like, is this normal? I was like, completely normal. I get yeah. that all the time. So I brought, so I put a tube of hemorrhoid cream in my in my pocket to give to her when or in my bag it was whenever. Um, and so we were sitting at the dinner table in this very posh restaurant. And I took out my my bag to get something out of my bag and I pulled my phone out and the and the tube of hemorrhoid cream like <laughs> spun out of my bag and landed on the middle of the floor. And I went, to, I kind of, you know, went to grab it. And the waiter came over and he was like, Oh, and he picked up me and went, Here you are, madam. And I went, Oh, thank you. That's my lip balm. And I just like popped it back in my bag. And my husband was like bent double on the floor. He was like, that's your lip balm, Kim. And I was like, well, what the fuck else am I going to say to this bloody waiter? Like, you know, like, fuck's sake, is my tube of hemorrhoid cream. And yeah. poor man's probably having a hard enough night without hearing about my hemorrhoids. But, you know, again, like I talk to women all the time about that. And I say, you know, and I say, oh, do you ever have, you know, or I'll go, like I messaged my assistant the other week. I was like, um, okay, so on your way to work, can you please go to the chemist and pick me up a tube of um, hemorrhoid and you saw a tube of hemorrhoid cream and I think I, and something for cystitis. And she was like, yeah, no problem at all. And I was like, welcome to the world of a perimenopausal woman. She was like, don't worry, I've been asked for much worse. This is whenever she just first started with me. But I, and then, you know, people were like, you asked your assistant to get you hemorrhoid cream. I'm like, I can't help that I have hemorrhoids. I have four children. They just appeared. It wasn't something I did wrong. And so, you know, if I, and they're sore and itchy and they need cream whenever they pop up. So I don't know. I just love what you're doing. I just think it's it's absolutely wonderful. You were on uh, television as well with Davina McCall. She's not very well known in the USA, but over here in the UK, she's certainly a big menopause advocate. Brilliant. So I got contacted by Kate Muir, who's written everything about the menopause. Her book's just come out. And um, then I got asked you know, about this program and it wasn't going to be a Davina originally. 
And then they said, oh, it's Davina. But um, she lives in, in, in the town where we live. So she just toddled along, you know, midst of lockdown. We had a very small camera crew. It was just very strange. Plonks us out down on the settee and said, right, we want this in it, which was the big toy, which we knew that she probably would. And laid out said, yeah, you know, that's great. No, I want to use this. We chatted for such a long time. Obviously, what made it to camera um, to air was mm. a small amount. But it was transformative in the fact that we've had celebrities talking about menopause, but not in the way that she did. Um, and actually, she's really taking it to heart now. The fact is that, you know, she was responding to people on Twitter and she was giving all this advice. And, you know, she was just so happy to talk about it. For us as a sex toy company, you know, we were overwhelmed with orders because we're, a, you know, we're an independent retailer, just a husband and wife team. Um, on, and it was fantastic with the conversations we had with people. We didn't, it wasn't just about menopause. It was just about so much more, but it has transformed menopause care in the UK. And we are getting, we are slowly getting there. You know, it's sort of led to free training by the menopause charity that I work with. You know, we are now going to get our local estrogen, you know, over the counter, depends on how much it's going to be. Um, but, you know, we're going to get, and then we're going to pay one prescription charge for HRT and local estrogen. And that was always in Parliament, Parliament Square. And it was getting the conversation going. There is going to be another programme then, because obviously that was very focused on HRT and local estrogen. And obviously not everybody wants to take it, is able to take it, wants to take it. You know, it's not suitable for them. And that's going to look at lifestyle, workplace, because obviously a lot of women in the workplace are leaving their jobs and we can't afford for them to leave their jobs, certainly in sort of the nursing profession and the teaching profession. And women are at the top of their careers and, you know, they they shouldn't have to leave their job because there is no support. Um, but also, you know, diet, exercise, you know, mental health issues, partners. And I think that is going to be really good. It's got this conversation. I mean, you know, I feel like I live in the, I do live in this menopause bubble because I'm, I am in menopause and, you know, but but also I do lots of other things as well. But I think, well, why don't these people know these things? And Paul's going, because you're in a bubble. They're not in your bubble. He said, and they're just learning stuff now. You know, there was, and also the other thing about menopause, you talked about it, it's on trend, it's ka-ching. Yeah. And there's, yeah. it's trying to sort out the wheat from the chaff. It was like with our products, you know, we're really passionate about what we do, but we've always done this, you know, before I hit menopause, um, you know, and before I started talking about it and got, got on telly for a little while. Um, you know, and there's so much stuff out there that, people don't need um and you know it some of it could be potentially harmful um but also some of it you just don't need it's just not effective and it's actually trying to work out you know what you need and what's going to work for you because what works for you might not work for me and vice versa and as you were saying with doing what you do it's actually finding something that works for you that you you know you can stick with that you're passionate about um and and, and that's actually going to work for you so it's finding all those things but there's some fascinating people out there doing some amazing things and just re I've met some really really interesting people yeah, amazing women who've got had amazing backgrounds and now they've sort of like had a second career or you know sort of this second wind and um it's just brilliant. So I love um, it. My mum always said, you know, because I was talking to her about her menopause and I, I don't really remember her going through it. I remember her getting hot flushes, but um, she was, you know, she was just said, Kim, it wasn't she talked about. She said, my mum never discussed menopause with me. It was, oh, the change of life. 
she's going through the change of life. You know, it was all very hush hush. It was like something dirty and bad that happened to you. And, you know, I think obviously that narrative is changing and, you know, women like you are at the forefront of, of changing it, which is, which is wonderful. Sam, you know what I would love for you to tell my listeners? I cannot believe we've been talking for a full hour. I could talk to you all night. Um, what I would love to know for my listeners is where can they find you? Do you have like an Instagram or a Facebook page or somewhere where they could, you know, reach out to you personally? Um, and also tell us about, we're going to link to everything in the show notes, but tell us about where they can find your blogs, your articles, your website. Yeah. Give okay. us the lowdown. So the website is joedivine.com. Joe um, Divine. So J-O-D-E-V-D-I-V-I-N-E. Yeah. No, D-I-V-I-N-E. Divine, as in divine. Comedies. Yeah. Yes. Um, and basically, but just to set, let people know that because it's an adult site, it will be, um, it may be blocked on some internet providers because they automatically put adult filters in place. So you can get those removed. Um, but also it's got hundreds of articles on it. It's got all the, the products on there and it tells you about it. And you can order online. You can order via post. We still get checks and postal orders. You can give us a call. Um, so, but I'm available on Instagram and Twitter at Sam X, And I'm always happy to give advice on, you know, by DM, um, you know, and often I will send you a link to an article. Um, and also we have, it's, we've got Joe Divine UK on Twitter and it's Joe.Divine on Instagram. Um, but yeah, and you know, I'm always happy to give people advice on the phone if you want to send me an email. Emails are only read by me and Paul. Um, no one else reads them. Um, and, you know, and if I'm not around, then somebody will take a message and I will get back to you or you can call me at a different time. But, you know, there's no reason why people have to give up on their sex life. This is so important. And again, not that many people are talking about sex and menopause. They say they are, but they're not because they're not talking about it in a way that I am. You know, people will come and say, well, I want to buy this toy. And I'll go, well, actually, this toy is probably better. It might be a cheaper toy, more suitable for your needs. When people come to you, I often think, I said, are you looking for it for a reason? And then you realise and this conversation opens up and they've got menopausal issues. And but obviously, I work with a lot of healthcare professionals now within the menopause world and they send their patients to us you know they say oh I know a lady you'll talk to you about your vagina <laughs> so it's, um, and I, the vagina whisperer that's what yeah, we should call actually, you I'm, I'm able to you know I work with brilliant pelvic health physios and psychosexual therapists and genital dermatologists and fantastic cancer comp- um, charities and menopause support groups but also I can say somebody well actually pelvic health physio yeah actually there's somebody in the town where you live so it's like you know you're happy you, you can be I'll send you the details and for me it's an holistic approach and it's not just the fact of buying your tube of lube and your vagina moisturizer and your sex toy you know there are other things your pelvic floor physio you know like an exercise class you know it, it's all those things to help people and saying you know oh there's a really good nutritionist here or you know this person's doing or this book's really good you know so for me it's actually offering the whole holistic approach mm. to menopause but actually this is a really important part of it and you know I I'm probably one of the few people who probably talk about it in the frank and honest manner that yes. I do because which is very important I think it makes people feel more comfortable whenever you're not like well let's have a conversation you know or uh, well just you know step into my office and we'll discuss you know it's like no like you're just willing to okay. vagina, vagina, vagina 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 you know <laughs> just like willing to talk about it I think that's wonderful. And I think that is what's needed. I think that it makes it, it makes it much more accessible. I have one more question, actually, two. Um, one, you don't ship to the USA currently. It's just in the Not at the moment. No, we're, we're looking into it. And unfortunately, we've had to stop shipping to Europe as well. So frustrating. I know, because of Brexit. Uh, yes. Probably. Yeah. No, it is. It is Brexit. Um, so that's really frustrating. And we are looking into that because I was building a really lovely uh, menopause community in Ireland. 
Um, so that is frustrating, but we are looking into that at the moment. So we're trying to get our head around it. We do get a lot of traffic onto the website from America and we do get inquiries as well. But you know, some of these might be worth looking into. You know, we do a lot of we do a lot of work with different companies, protein companies, and mm-hmm. and they all ship to America. So especially if you have like an order over a hundred dollars or whatever, they yeah. do free shipping. It's, just and- that. it's actually, you know, just getting his head around of actually doing it yeah i don't think it, i i don't think it's i definitely don't think it's it's difficult um and then the other thing is do you know i used to live in tunbridge did you I, yeah i used to ride horses there yeah now 20 years ago so yeah. i worked for a show jumper he works in he lives in tunbridge i don't know whether he still lives there now but um so yeah so that was kind of my local area for a while so i felt like i, I keep it quite low-key in tunbridge wells because um people haven't been <laughs> that friendly in the past yeah, but yes. you know I don't really do stuff in my own on my own turf really yeah so. do not find as well whenever you trade online too like I I, I go from my office here to my house and then I go to my yard where my horses are and then I go to the office and I think I don't really go you know I don't really and the people tell me things and I'll be like oh no they go did you hear about such and such I'm like no I, I just stay in my own wee bubble I just like work away keep my head down ride my horses run my business yeah. talk about sex and vaginas and <laughs> I don't really pay attention to what's happening out there an awful lot. So, um, so yeah, I think that 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 we have that luxury whenever we have online businesses as well. And it's also people say to you that they don't believe what you do. So it's yes. like, what are you talking about? You, you don't really do. Yes, this is what I do. Yes. Yeah, it must make you quite interesting at a dinner party, though. You know, I'm sure people are like, well, what do you do, Sam? Well, we don't like, get invited to dinner parties. So oh, <laughs> you need to come to Ireland. I'll invite you to a dinner party at my house. I'd be delighted to parade you around. But no, it is actually, it is, you know, it opens up a conversation and it's actually quite nice because we have a laugh about it. And that's the most important. It's meant yes. to be fun. You know, so for me, it's actually saying to me, and then often I'll have a little packet of, do you want some lube? <laughs> <laughs> I went to a talk at Lloyd's of London and it was about prostate cancer. And the other chap there said, I've got lube. So then, then all of them were having this lube. It was absolutely brilliant. Oh you know, my God, that is brilliant. Posh, you know, building in London. They so would come home and their wives would be like, uh, where did you get that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, one chat said, I'll take that for my mistress. I said, okay. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Love it. Sam, you have been an absolute joy to have on the podcast. Thank you so much. Have we actually, have we invited you to speak in our menopause group as well yet? I have. Yes, Laura's um, contacted me. Wonderful. And is that something that you'd you'd be happy to do? agree to it. I think we've even got a date pencil. Oh, yes. That's what you'll love, Laura. Like <laughs> Laura is too young to be in menopause, but it's in, it's interesting. She's so passionate about women and helping women and she has a whole menopause qualification or several qualifications and and she just is passionate about that, you know, really passionate about that area. It's actually her who who kind of, you know, started pioneering the whole menopause movement within the Sculpted Vegan. So we're very happy that she did. So I'm excited to watch that one as well. That's that's a group that is growing day by day by day because we're bringing in some phenomenal experts to do q and really giving women like real help. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that to happen as well. Sam, I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to let you go. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. If anybody's interested in contacting Sam, finding out more about what she does, or just having a conversation and reading some of her amazing articles, simply go to the show notes below this, wherever you're listening to it, whether it is on Spotify or iTunes or on the Sculpted Vegan website, you can link, link in the show notes to everything she talked about today. And we'll also link to some of your products as well. And Sam, I hope to catch up with you in future. Let's. I would love it if we would stay friends. Okay, well, that's all. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been so much fun talking about my favorite topic. Oh, I love it. And you're very, very, very good at talking about it, I have to say. Okay, Sam, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Okay, bye now.